I'm Jill. And I'm Kayla. And we are. I, I wanna, wanna wear your skin. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we actually saw each other this week, but this episode is not going to come out for another week. Yeah. Because we, hopefully you've listened to our mini episode. The Wicka Wicka Bow Dizzles. Yeah. Oh, I should have wrote that in the title. I, I hate myself for legitimately saying that, but. I don't. (laughs) Um, I did, one thing that I think we forget, like, every single time is, if you've never listened to this before, oh fuck yeah, we should tell people like, what this shit what is. What we're doing. So yeah. we are. I want to wear your skin, mm-hmm. and what we do is we watch Lifetime movies, and then we talk about them while drinking or imbibing in something. Yeah, and most of the time, if not all the time, it's calling Lifetime out on their shit. Yeah, because the end goal is we want better networks for quote-unquote women yeah and and if this is the shit that's being marketed to quote women fuck this yeah fuck this yeah because there's a lot of like quote-unquote women are crazy tropes Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh heterosexual love is the only love Mm -hmm. and or everything else is other Mm mm-hmm and also, um, everyone but us is wealthy, apparently. Yeah, like... Give us this money! Yeah. Shit! Yeah, everyone lives in McMansions. Totally. Because that's just what people do. That's where everyone lives, right, guys? Uh, white people are the superior people. What? Seems to be the... Blah. Again, these are all things that we're getting from Lifetime movies. Oh, yeah. And and Lifetime isn't fucking subtle about this. No. Lifetime is screaming this from the rooftops. So no. we're here... To, to be... To say, maybe think about it for a minute. Yeah, we're yeah. here to counteract the fucking main culture of this shit. Yeah. Um, One drink at a who time. Are, you might be thinking, who are we yeah. to, to <laughs> say anything? And the answer is, no one. No one. We're, yeah, yeah, we're just uh, two white women in a room. I'm a broke pile of trash. Uh, I'm pretty much that also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are two broke pile of trashes talking living, shit living their best life yeah. talking shit yeah it's fine so yeah we're not like famous comedians or anything but we are funny yeah I'd say well when it's just you and me asking each other if you and I are funny yeah but we're just gonna be yes it's just you and me talking to yeah. each other right now no one else is here <laughs> to say I'm laughing except my dogs and they'll agree oh they will so free show they can't yeah. say no so anyway, that's what we are. <laughs> are you still there? You're still interested? God, I hope you're Neato. still there. Shit. Uh, if you are still interested, <laughs> but you're like, oh, this sounds fun, but I want more. Yeah. We do have a Patreon, and we uh, we video record while we're recording because sometimes we do funny things with our faces. Yeah. We also eat a bizarre array of food a lot of the times when we watch movies. Too. Yeah, I have pickles and olives today. Yeah. Uh, so, and apparently last episode I made a, a racket with my fork oh, in the jar. First ten minutes, y'all. It is just, it is just fork and, fork and glass. Girls gotta eat. That's, that's my next aim name, fork and a glass. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't like these, like, sound elitists that are, like, you know, podcast listeners and are yeah. just like, oh, no, this, uh, this percentage of this was too high and you really gotta meddle it. I'm like, man, fuck you. Get your own podcast yeah. where you critique other podcasts Ooh. for their sound, but you better have the fucking best mic. Also, 
Hope you got money for that. So also, fuck off. Hope you have time to edit, because I don't. Because I don't, and that's why we don't. So literally yeah. everything that you hear us say is shit that we is, literally yeah. say. Like, that's it. We don't edit this. Yeah, if I fart, you hear it. If I burp, which I do every episode, you also hear that. Yeah. So And let's say why you could be burping. What are you drinking today? Oh, shit. God, you beat me to it. Uh-huh. I was literally going to say, what are you drinking? Because uh-huh. I don't know what you're drinking. Oh. I am drinking a Shillings... Hard Cider, which is a local cider company, and it is called Rhubarb Lumberjack, <gasps> and there is a hipster Jesus. lumberjack on it, and uh, you might think it's a tad bit too sweet, but I, I Can like I try it. it. Yeah, of course. I would I would definitely classify it as semi-sweet. I don't taste any rhubarb, though, so... You could literally just that's very that was sweet. cider. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. All right. I well. get what they're going for with rhubarb, but it's yeah. not the like overwhelming flavor to me. But yeah. I, I can taste it. I prefer a little bit more. I'm, I'm also a smoker, so some flavors, some subtle yeah. flavors just go over my head. Yeah. Um, what are you sin- drinking? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? It's a white wine spritzer. Yeah. Oh shit, no it's, way. It's white wine that I tasted on its own, didn't like, it's too sweet. So I threw some lime LaCroix in it. Fuck yeah, Pretty I've actually, nice. I've never made an actual, like, wine spritzer. I hadn't until this week. And yeah. it has changed my life because I like to drink large amounts. Yeah. But I don't like to be wasted immediately. Yeah. Hence a white wine spitzer. What have I been doing all my life? Right, because the problem and is And I don't that, get, it, like, really hungover. Try yeah, it. Because we're not, we're not 21 years old and we don't bounce I gotta back. go to work later. I mean, you know? That's delicious. I know. Holy fucking shit, And that's you could just delicious. drink it for, like, the whole day and you're, like, just mildly getting drunk. That also, like, that feels much more hydrating than my, than I my know. choices. Well, and I put a lot of ice in it and so then it melts into water, so. Choice. Yeah choice because it is water anyway okay so now that we've said a lot of things about ourselves yeah um if no, you time over. again if it's your first time i would go back and listen to episode one which is a little rough but we'll give you some context but we're gonna say that our babe score is 1420 which is 420 <laughs> plus a thousand <laughs> uh, blazing every day so high. Um, Which I'm actually not this time. This is this is the first podcast in a while. Yeah, where I was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just gonna stick to my cider. Love it. Yeah. Um. So that's our babe score. We have a Patreon where you can watch the videos. Mm-hmm. Where you can get on our uh, in our Facebook group and watch the movies along with us live. Mm-hmm. Um. You can get access to extra content, which we're still working on. And the biggest thing that I've been asked about is merch. And if you want to see merch, then throwing us uh, $2 a month would really help us get you some merch. Totally. For real. Real talk. Yeah. $2 a month will really help us out. uh, And then we can get some merch in the works for you. And we really want to do that because that would be fun. But like we said, we're broke piles of trash. So. Yeah. We just, we need that I don't money. have daddy's money to pay for t-shirts and koozies <laughs> for my friends. But I really want to get you a koozie. But if your daddy has money, <laughs> <laughs> send me his phone number. Um, so the movie that we watched today, <laughs> that was all that we had to say about things, right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't have, I, I never have shit. I'm, I'm boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Mermaid Chair. <laughs> Based off a book, which they say is a bestseller. It's 
Probably not. It probably is. But I feel like they say that about every single, like, this movie is based off of the best, I'm like, which bestseller, like, list are you, it's definitely not the New York Times, motherfuckers, like, which one is it? On the best-selling list from Egret Island. Oh, yep. Where this movie is set. This movie is it. Uh, It's from 2006. The synopsis, you know, hold on to your seat, it's gonna take a while. A married woman falls in love with a Benedictine monk. What? So I'm saying <laughs> that. And let's just say that is what it's about. That's this movie. It's true. I'm so glad that we were able to do the other half of Bad Sisters. So the very first episode that we recorded is about a naughty nun. Yes, it is. And it's great. And it also sets you up for why we talk about half the shit that we do in our podcast. Mm-hmm. So like, if you really don't want to listen to all of our other episodes, I fucking get it. But at least listen to the first one so you know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, but so we finally found one where instead of a naughty nun, it's a naughty monk. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, goodness. Um, it stars Kim Basinger. Yes. Who is glowing from start to finish. That she is. She looks incredible. Though I have to say, I think you thought she acted really well and I did not. Maybe it's just because I was... My standards for lifetime acting has just sunk so low. That's true. And seeing a, a, a former big name in a movie, yeah. I was like, oh, no. And she was like, you know. Mediocre. I mean, her character was so awful that oh, it's hard to really say. Yeah, that's the problem is that her character fucking sucked. Her husband in the movie is also the husband in, shit, what is that called? Uh, oh no, I didn't write I, it down. Now I forget. Oh fuck. It's that Stephen um, King movie. Oh, uh, Gil, Gil something, uh, some, someone's wife. Uh, it, it's, fuck. It's that movie where the lady's <laughs> chained to a bed and right. her husband dies. Yeah, he has a heart attack and then there's like a wolf or yeah. like a dog or something, like a rabid dog. And then she starts seeing things and she like... Cut, try, she goes to extreme lengths that she doesn't really need to it's go a, to to get like, out. It's like Gilbert's Game. Oh, what is yeah. it called? It's yeah, like it's something Gerald's. Gerald's, Gerald's game. game. Gilbert's Game? Like Gilbert <laughs> Godfrey's <laughs> fucking sex game? I'd watch it. Oh, I wouldn't! I oh would. my god! But it. how's his voice go again? It's like, hi! <laughs> I'm here! I'm here for sexy times! Like, oh no, Gilbert Godfrey, go I, away! Do you think he'd be tied to the bed or he'd be the heart attack? I feel like he'd be the heart attack yeah. and then like his haunting voice would be pervasive <laughs> in her psychosis. Um, and then there's a couple other people that have like been in a bunch of shit but nothing really that notable. Yeah, you know, like all side extras on TVs and movies. And the shit. grandma from Everwood, if you ever watched that. The yeah. dad from Everwood is now like on plumbing commercials in Seattle. That's so. nuts. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird every time. Anyway, uh, so that's what the movie's about. I just, I know we're going to, I know we're going to go through it, but I hated it. I, know. I hated it so much. And th- my problem is, is that I'm starting to really enjoy movies that you hate. I, because 
I'm really starting to love watching you hate movies. So I feel like my fleece blanket score is <laughs> has changed over the course it's of more this. about how much I hate it. Yeah, and like and your seething hatred of it brings me so much joy. It's I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a bad friend to see it, you in Spain. It felt like uh, and I said this to you while we were watching it, but it, it felt a lot like a Steel Magnolias or like a Beaches. Like it was a very yes. like, everything was gentle and like mm-hmm. warm colors and everyone had like metaphors for everything. And I don't give one fuck about how far she dove into the ocean as a mermaid. Like I yeah. just don't care. It's essentially like this total like when they said it was based off of a book it was obvious because it literally is targeting uh women in their 40s and 50s who are longing for like a dirty read like a dirty sex read but also they don't want it to be filthy Uh like these women want to have like escapism like sexual fantasies Mm -hmm. but they don't want it to be incredibly raunchy and that's what this is like this is what like your church going like aunt right would read but you know and and it totally is and it's, like, the things that happen in this movie, if you were, like, a church-going person, are so, obs- like, disgusting oh. and not okay. Oh, it's fucked up. But they say it in a way that's, like, but she just laid her hand. And it's, like, oh, yeah. my God. And then there's, like, a beautiful rolling beach setting. Yeah. And you're, like, this can't be that bad. But when it you is. fucking look at this movie, this movie is fucking problematic as shit. So let's dive in. Let's... <laughs> It opens with is that mermaids. A mermaid pun? Oh god, I didn't <laughs> let's even know dive in. You myself. did it. You I fucking hate did myself. it. Let's dive in. I hate myself. Okay, but sorry. It opens yes. with mermaids mm-hmm. and like a voiceover that I didn't listen to because I couldn't care. Then Once again, it's all everything I hate. Me, me seeing this movie through your eyes for a second time is just because you know I hate romance movies. I Mm -hmm. hate them. Um, I know you do. And so that happens, and then it opens to Kim Basinger. Her name's Jessie in the movie, right? I literally only wrote her as Kim. I know it because the boat's name was Jess. Sea. Oh shit! Yes, her dad's Jessie. her dad's boat was named Jess. Like the sea, S E A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so she her husband gets a phone call, or the house gets a phone call because it's two thousand six, so they have house phones. And uh, her mom has lost a finger, and no one knows where it is. Yeah. And she needs to go be with her. I don't even think she went to a hospital, did no. she? Well, she just yells. Kim Basinger just yells into the phone. Well, they can reattach it, right? And then literally the phone call ends. Yeah. And she's like, I gotta go home. My yeah. mom lost her finger. And everyone's like, what? And Wait. you're like, what? Because she, she says that she's like, oh, they can reattach it. And then goes, but we, where is it? Yeah, what do you mean, <laughs> where is the finger? What? What? Uh, which later that happens again and it's more fun. So we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> so she, she lives, it's. It's interesting. Like, they filmed this in some islands off of Victoria. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And it, it really feels a is. lot like the San Juan Islands, which I don't know if you've spent a lot of time up there. I've spent a fair amount of time up there. So it does very much feel like that sort of small town on an island. Like, they did that very well. It yeah. very much felt authentic to how that sort of life is. 
Um, at least what I've been exposed to. So she goes home to the island. She gets off the ferry. We meet a friend who can talk to dogs. Um, and then they, her friends, like right before she gets out of the car, her mom's friend is like, so I didn't want to tell you this before, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Your mom purposefully cut off her finger. And Kim's obviously like, the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, she was preparing dinner at the monastery where she works Mm -hmm. and right in the middle of preparing dinner she purposely hacked off her fucking finger yep and jill and i are like what no we want to know that on the phone call yeah so i don't get home and i'm surprised that my mother purposely is cutting off digits this is a different situation than a knife falling on your finger somehow yes so she says that and then she says you know She's tormented like Van Gogh. Yeah, because Kim's like, so so she's crazy. She's lost it. And she's like, no, no, no. She's tormented mm-hmm. like Van Gogh. Van, Van Gogh cut off an ear. She's just and, an artist. You know? Yeah. And we're all just like, no. Like, no. someone get this woman help. Van Gogh wasn't just tormented. Like, something... There's a reason you cut off your finger. Yes. There's, a, there's an actual human instinct to not do that. Yeah. And that's not to say that, like, you know to make I don't know like light of any of that but there's something going on that would make you want to cut off your finger you're not just absolutely tormented isn't a thing like and also I told Jill this earlier but like the word tormented to me at least in my upbringing was then directly tied to like a religious kind of possession Mm -hmm. so like when I hear the word tormented in that kind of circumstances that's like this woman's filled with demons that has to be exercised. And it's just like, uh, yeah. let's not view it like that. Let's view it like, let's get this woman help so she'll stop cutting off her fingers, y'all. Yeah. Just, or like, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. No one seems to know. One, they don't know where the finger is. It's nope. gone. We don't know why she did it. No. Nope. No one saw it coming. Don't care. No one thinks that anything else is wrong. They're like, ah, she just uh, cut it off. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's tormented. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so she lives in a monastery, the mom, and the daughter asks her why she cut it off. She avoids the issue, and we move on to a new yeah. scene. But she is keeping the finger in a mayo jar. Wait, the first one? Yeah. Did we learn that? Yeah. Oh. It's an empty mayo jar, and she's been hiding the empty mayo jar. We then, I didn't see that. In one of the scene, in one of the following scenes, we see her oh. with the mayo jar, digging her finger into the ground and burying oh, it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I missed a lot of it because, again, I didn't care about. I it. also was talking a lot of bullshit in the first half. I apologize, but um. we didn't see uh, like three scenes because we started talking about friends because that was better. No regrets. No. Joey every day. Um. So then we see the monks weaving nets with their toes. Yes. Which is a thing that they do. Yeah, so I guess on this island there is um, this like mystic saint belief that a mermaid, uh, a mermaid was drawn to a monk and this mermaid shed her f- fin yeah, for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the monk grabbed it and hit it. And then that mermaid had to live on land. And then through a series of circumstances that was not explained, she was then deemed a saint. And now this monastery on this island is dedicated to her. Yeah. There is a mermaid chair 
uh-huh. in the monastery that is Hence all mermaids. the name of the movie. There we go. And these monks, like, you know, are dedicated to the environment around this and to telling her story. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why monks are involved. Um, so then uh, she's like, well, maybe I should call my husband because he's a shrink. Great idea. Cool. So she does and he offers help and she, for some reason, gets very upset and slams her flip phone at him. Yes. It's like closed. He's on the phone. She closes it. Slams the... Yes. And she acts like a 15-year-old. Yeah. Because it's really unclear why she's upset. He just offers help and then she's just mad. Absolutely. And doesn't want to talk to him anymore. One of the things that I skipped over before is that um, when she's seeing all the nets and stuff and all that, she she meets a brother. Right. Brother Thomas. Brother Thomas. And Brother Thomas is a monk who has been on the island for five years. He's about to take his vows in a couple months. And um, her mom is, like, really fond of them. And that's... He he meets them while wanting to check up on her. Mm-hmm. And right away you can kind of tell that there's a little bit of flirtatious spark. Yeah. And you're like, for real? Yeah. Like, for for real. All it takes for you to question your vows is just meeting fucking a Kim Basinger cramp. with crimped hair, and that's it. It's those crimps in her hair. I yeah. mean, what are you going to do? God, it's just luscious. Yeah. So then she then she goes to, um, the monks are like singing in the church or the, yeah. the room, and the <gasps> mermaid chair is in there. Yep. And, uh, so the, so the arms of the chair, two mermaids. Uh Uh-huh. And she's sitting in the chair. Uh Uh-huh. And she's, like, rubbing the mermaids' heads. Yep. Listening to the beautiful music. Swaying. She's kind of swaying. She starts to close her eyes. She says that she feels something. She's losing herself in the music. I can't. I can't. She has an orgasm she, in a chair. She she fucks this chair. She yeah. fucks this mermaid chair, which is in the main section of this Catholic church, while monks are literally 20 feet away from her, chanting and singing their psalms. And then she has to run out. But this movie, this movie portrays it in, like, such a classic, like staunch aunt way that's what i'm gonna just keep referring it's like a it's like a it's like a sad aunt book where you don't know that she's coming until she literally says like and then i was coming like into myself or like something like yeah (laughs) yeah and she's like she's like referencing losing herself this whole movie is she's talking about like she feels distant like she's Floating away from her family. She's floating away from her life. She doesn't know what's going on. She's a mermaid. And Jill and I are like, this fucking bullshit escapist, like, white girl fantasy is fucking exhausting. And it shows up a lot time and time again in these movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired of it. Yeah, because it's like, there's... Obviously, like, you feel how you feel, and you can feel like things aren't going right, even if they are, and that's not to say that that's not a valid emotion. Yeah. But the whole premise of this movie is that for no reason, we don't get any reason, she's just upset with her life, throws it away, ruins someone else's life, and then it's like, but can I have it back? And everyone's like, all right. Sure. 
What? Why is that a fucking plot? You have no consequences in your life and you can do whatever you want and move through it. How does this, how is this valuable to me? There's no value to me or anyone else because nothing happened that brought me through an experience. I just watched a woman with privilege get what she wants. Well, it's funny because like they also try and make these movies as if they're like, as if they're teaching a lesson. As if, like, as if these women are learning something in these experiences. But they legitimately never fucking do. Except for the fact that they can use other people. Yeah. Take advantage of other people. And that then the nice and dependent relationships that they've had in their lives will accept them coming back after they run off and fuck up. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> like truthfully. Everyone that's cheated that we've seen has like come back to their partner who is very upset that they cheated but is just okay with it and there's no sort of like growing situation it's not like they like have decided that they're gonna work through it it's just like oh okay and they never come back groveling either like i'm i'm sorry but if you're gonna come back you better come back apollo fucking jetic yeah and and none of these people do Mm -hmm. all all of these women look off into the distant horizon and are just like this was my journey. It's like, get fucked, Susan. Well, get fucked. Susan got fucked. She did. Maybe, you know what? Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's all it is, is that these are just these are just the fantasies of long-term unhappy married women that just want to go off and get fucked for a weekend and then come back to normalcy. Just like, have that a has to be a right? relationship. I just don't get it. Or just... If this, is, if this box doesn't work for you, this monogamous box doesn't work, then don't do it. Also, have y'all seen porn? <laughs> it's fucking It'll tight. change your life. I'm just saying, touch yourself, not others. Well, or get a chair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or get a mermaid chair in a monastery. <laughs> fucking get so, one wild, ladies. Uh, so then... Uh, her husband calls and apologizes for nothing. Yeah, apologizes for helping her when she called for help. She doesn't call him back. Nope. But brother Thomas writes her because he wants to go on a boat ride. And she's like, done. <laughs> but I'm going to be late to that boat ride. Yeah. Because I don't respect you that much. <laughs> so then she's late for the boat ride. And he uh, he takes her out of the water and he explains that while he's been staying at this monastery, like everyone has jobs, and his job is to monitor some of the local wildlife in the area and report it to the national parks. And she's specifically like, oh. birds. Specifically birds. Very true. And so he takes her out to this deserted island that has like a little like uh, beach driftwood hut that he built that he goes and like will hang out and monitor birds. And it's like his it's his quiet place. And he's just like, yeah, you know, like, if you're ever looking to get away, you know, feel free to come out here and just, you know, like, have some have some quiet. Or just wait for me to have sex with you on the beach is also... Plan B. Spoiler alert. Plan B. He also tells her that um, he got into a car accident and his wife and his unborn child died. Yes. And that he's claiming... Or he, I mean, his perspective is that he wasn't running away from that by going to the monastery, but rather he was finding himself. Yeah. Which I think he later proves to be untrue. Mm-hmm. Um, then she goes and sees her friend who can talk to dogs and her friend like has these mystical qualities about her and which I, I, 
I find problematic, but I don't quite know the words to say why because I'm not knowledgeable enough. But it feels like they're using her also as a trope. Yes. It feels very weird um, and, and the reason why we feel that way is because um, this friend is special needs. Yeah. And uh, they made that, uh, literally Kim Basinger narrated that she was special needs when she came to the island mm-hmm. over what was going on in the film. And um, so then they make this special needs character magical with animals and able to read animals minds and it just feels like they're taking advantage of um of individuals with special needs to continue a feeling of white girl mysticism in this movie and i think that's probably why yeah i mean that's why i feel uncomfortable with it well, and she just doesn't like, have any agency. Like, she's there to be yes. this role of, like, look, we're accepting of people, but we also don't feel like they're just people. They're yeah. other. And and the fucking qualities that she has is, um, is, is just shit. It's yeah. just fucking shitty. So, but she has, like, essentially some sort of, like, psychic abilities, and she's like, well, you're not leaving. Like, Kim comes into the shop, and she's like, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going back home. And the friend is like, actually, you're not leaving. I'm going to tell you that. And then she's like, I have something else to say. You're in love. And she's like, I have to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brother Thomas confesses his love um, to uh, Dominic, the like main monk Father guy. Dominic, the guy running the show. Right. Um, and then... I think it's him that says, embrace the test, not the woman. Yeah. Which he does not. He does not. No. Then, uh, Kim rips up her old painting that she did, which she had painted depicting. Part of the story here is also that her father died in a boat accident that she thinks is her fault because she got him a pipe and then he died in like a fire on the boat. Yeah, like a fire slash explosion caused by the pipe. So she thinks that this is her fault um, her mom kind of alludes to something to do with the fingers has to do with her father, the mermaid chair, and Father Dominic. Yeah, because um, they go out to lunch. So it's like, it's it's a community of women that uh, Kim has grown up with, um, which includes like her mother, um, a couple other friends, um, and that they've all been on this island together and seen each other grow up and grow old. And um, so they all decided to go out to lunch to also help cheer up Kim's mom, who is obviously struggling because her finger is still chopped off and buried in the monastery grounds. Yep. And um, while they're at lunch, Kim tries to bring up the roommate chair and her mom becomes visibly uncomfortable and tries to get up and run. But while like Kim's like trying to understand why she's about to take a run for it, her fucking husband walks in. And he does because he's so nice and she hasn't called him. Yeah, and he's worried because he hasn't heard from her in days and knows that her mother is in crisis. Yeah. And the last time they talked, which was days ago, Kim was in crisis. Like, yeah. would you not fucking drop any, everything and go to your partner to be like, His is everything okay? cut her own finger off and everyone's acting like she like cut her fingernails too short yeah like oh cindy did it again it's gonna hurt for a little bit but you'll be fine i'll be fine um and so he shows up unexpectedly to care about her and her family and she takes him out to an alleyway and breaks up with him yeah because she's pissed she's like how did you find us and he's like it's a small there's, island. 
Island. Three like, restaurants on the island. Everyone knows you. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she grew up there, so literally everyone would know her. Yeah. And her mom, like, works at the monastery. But yeah, she's like, I just need to be alone right now, which also is a lie. Yeah, she says that um, she wants to try it apart. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Which, I don't know what that means. And it doesn't seem like he does either, but she yeah. just kind of walks away. Yep. And then she borrows a boat and goes to the cave that is Brother Thomas's special place. Yes. She paints there. Uh, she's not good at it. Um, <laughs> it actually, it actually shows Kim Basinger attempting to paint on a painting that someone has obviously already done half the work and then they're making her yeah. attempt to show that she's an artist. Surprise, she's not. Mm-mm. It's fine, Kim. Neither am she I. She has skills. I can't do it. Neither can you. But she flops that fucking brush around like, she, like, like she's had three pills and half a glass of wine. It's like that elephant that paints. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I would say that elephant did such a better job than Kim did. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Uh, so she goes there and then obviously he shows up. Like, he comes in his little boat because he's going to go look at birds. Brother T. Yeah. And uh, she, like, waits at the shore. He can't even wait and jumps out of the boat and gets really wet and runs to her. <laughs> and then they, like, weirdly canoodle their faces together. Oh. And take off their clothes before they even kiss. God. It is the most uncomfortable <coughs> thing I've ever watched. And at first, Jill and I were like, are they going to kiss? Or is this going to be like a weird... Over the clothes. Like, over the clothes, like, I don't know, I don't chair know. situation again. Ugh. But when they do kiss, it's y'all, I wish they did it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's fucked up they're just so uncomfortable have you ever seen two dogs play fight yeah and so both their mouths are open and they're all going ah ah and then they're just hitting their open mouth snouts against each other that is legit what happened it was so uncomfortable i've never seen a kiss like that so then they wake up and they're on the beach and they're like under a blanket that somehow appeared Mm -hmm. and they're like you know touching each other and they're like "Mm, this is so great and then he goes to get dressed because he has responsibilities and she doesn't because she doesn't care about her mom. No. And uh, he's like getting dressed and she's like, my dad died and I think it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Maybe it was all the sand hole in her B&V fucking with her and she was like, I gotta get this out. I gotta, I gotta do just this. so like, so weird. Yeah. And, she wasn't even looking at him when she said it, and it didn't come out of anywhere. Ugh. It was just so weird. And he doesn't even say anything. He just, no. like, kind of hugs her and then leaves. Because what do you say? <laughs> what do you say after you porked a girl on the shore, <laughs> and then she tells you about her dead dad from 40 I mean, years ago? Because Kim Basinger is probably 45 in this yeah. movie. And, I mean, it's obviously like (coughs) fair to share those things with someone that you're sleeping with or someone that you're like feeling intimate with sure the context of it was very strange was inappropriate i felt just like the kiss yeah um oh she literally just yells it like my dad died it's my fault i bought him a pipe (laughs) my mom didn't want him to smoke the whole boat blew up (laughs) it's like oh jesus God, it was a lot. So much. Kim. Then she uh, she comes back and uh, the friend Betty 
knows that she has had sex. All the ladies know. And then they all tell their stories of cheating on their husbands. Do they husbands. think they, they have that sex scent? That I sex guess. nose scent? Like, mm, you got some sand in your vagina. I, I can oh, smell I it. I can you smell like old beech wood. Blah. <laughs> 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 Like, but they all know, and then yeah. they're just like, uh, you know, here's what happened when I cheated on my husband. It wasn't great. Don't do it. And she's yeah. like, noted, okay? And then Betty brings up that she had been in love with Jesse's brother. Yeah. Who never gets addressed. We don't know where he is. No. We don't know what happened to him. I don't why They barely talk about him. Like, her mom always talks about how much her dad loved her, and, like, she was all his world. And it's like, what about her brother? Who is her brother? Yeah, and what I'm sorry, fuck? guys. I keep referencing the character Jesse as as Kim and Kim Basinger because I'm an asshole like that. So yeah, so they talk about her brother, and they even show her brother as a child when oh. they're on like a staircase watching her mom find out about her dad dying recently. Um, and, but like, and they keep referencing like, oh, has anyone called him to tell him about what's going on, like with your mom? And they're just like, oh, yeah, sure. But it's like, if literally, like, if my if my mom fucking cut her finger off yeah. uh, and we had a relationship, I'd, I'd go. So, like, we don't know, like, <coughs> does her brother not have a relationship with his family? Like, where the fuck is he? Like, what's happening? Did but, he die? I don't know. Yeah, like, this character could literally have never have been mentioned. Yeah. She could have been an only kid and everything would have been fine. There was no need. Once again, lost characters in Lifetime. Um, and then we cut to Brother Thomas and he's talking to somebody. I don't think it's uh, Dominic. It's someone else. And he's like... Yeah, I might actually not take my vow. Uh, I just kind of still like uh, vaginas, so yeah. Um, and then the pre or the monk is like, "You must go to the dark night and stay until you've made a decision." Which is some heavy shit, yeah. man. And I, I still like, don't really know what that shit. means. No idea. But I think also that's when we started talking about friends. Yeah, that is exactly when we talked about friends. Yeah. So I don't know what happens 20 minutes after this scene, but when we came back to it, <laughs> all of the characters were having a beach party where there was some bongos. Oh, yeah. And there was a tambourine. Yeah. And there was some dancing in the ocean. Yeah. And crab cakes. So they're essentially this friend group is all trying to keep coming together to show her mom who's definitely ill support and mm-hmm. love. And I think trying to also get her into like a sense of normalcy, you know, like yeah. get her away from her routines that made her feel like she feels. And so uh, I guess this is something that they used to do when Jesse slash Kim Basinger was a kid. And so mm-hmm. we have a little flashback of them younger doing this and it's just it's a good vibe you know it's just like it's a bunch of women um who are all very different from each other uh coming together and supporting each other and remembering their friendships over the years i would say it's probably one of the only solidly okay feeling scenes um and so like you leave feeling really good and we're like okay this is nice but then but then kim is asleep Jessie, Jessie is asleep in her bed and she wakes up to her mom with blood everywhere and she's like, I did it again. I literally gasp react and I don't 
fucking react to movies and I gasp reacted. It was such a weird cut because it's just like yes. you're seeing it from point of view from Jessie's point of view so it's like just the hand with blood everywhere in her face. She's like what? Yeah like what? And she's like I'm so sorry I had to do it and you're like Y'all have been ignoring this woman's issues. Like, yeah. this is what you fucking get. Like, please take this woman to a hospital. Please seek help for her. So she finally does. She calls her husband, Hugh, and they go to the doctor and they cool talk that about she it. she calls them when she needs them, Yeah, it's right? really neato. Um, they talk, she talks about how her mom has been looking up this saint that cuts off her fingers and buries them for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And in talking about this, her mom tells her that her she's like, "Oh yeah, my fingers in a bowl. It's what? just in a it's in a bowl." Why always stuff with food? Mayo jar, bowl in the fridge. Yeah, it's very strange. Why? Why? And why didn't she tell her before? Put it in the tool shed. Keep it away from the house. Bury it if you're gonna bury it. Just fucking bury it, woman. Um, and then. Uh, Jesse's talking to her husband and he has this bracelet and her their daughter, because they have a daughter that really has no place in the movie either. Uh, totally true. Has given him what she calls a friendship bracelet and Jesse's like, oh, she gives that to people when they've broken up. Uh, which is a weird tradition as it is. But either way. Yeah. What? what? And he's like, yeah, she gave it to me for my birthday and she's like, oh, you're Oh, your birthday. Because you're a fucking piece of shit. Because she was busy borking on the beach. Borking on the beach, (laughs) fucking Jessie Kim. That she she couldn't remember her husband's birthday. Like, what? You are garbage. Yeah. You're garbage. Her mom has now cut off at least two fingers. Because of your negligence. And she couldn't remember her husband's birthday. Like. Because she was sexing. What is wrong with you? It's so awful. Who are you as a person? And and he's just like, oh, it's okay, it's fine. And they go back to the house. But you can also see that he is not destroyed fine. by it. Already destroyed. And then they go back to the house and he goes in his room and he finds a painting she has done of her and, and brother Thomas on the beach having sex. Yep. <laughs> it is the worst scene. And he is... I gotta say, he acts that was this really scene yeah. really well. He is legitimately, like, torn yeah. up by it. As, As you would be! be. Like, how is awful! Like, and she's just like, look, I'm so, I didn't, like, I, you know, it happens. She just says, I don't know what to say. It's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and so, like, he asks her to leave, and then he closes the door and leans against it, and of course... Like, has those silent man Uh, tears fall down his face as he's uh, like, my entire life and marriage is falling apart. Because it's especially, like, it's not even that he's just finding out that she has cheated, but he's seen a painting she has done depicting the lovemaking. Oh my god. That's such an intimate thing. Let's not call it lovemaking. Let's call it borkmaking. Well, I'm saying that that's like what she would be. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's like her perspective like her lovemaking painting. Like, it's so fucking gross. So then he takes off his wedding ring and leaves it in her room. Um, and then we go to the fateful scene where they're like, we need to do some truth telling here. And it's all the ladies. Mm -hmm. And her mom finally comes clean. <clears throat> and apparently her father was actually really sick with a fatal disease 
and he wanted to go out in a way that he felt was dignified and he wanted to die in the mermaid chair and so father dominic uh assisted in this suicide and they gave him this like herbal tincture and he died sitting on the mermaid chair and then they put his body in his boat jesse And they uh, rigged a couple wires loose and they spilled a couple things that you would commonly find on a boat. They ran the motor, pushed him out to sea, and then after a while, what happens, happens. And they, they did that so that they could tell her that it was an accident and her mom's like, we thought that it would be better that you thought it was an accident than you knowing that your father committed suicide or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, she thought she, it was her fault. Yeah. So that that's like where I'm incredibly split on is one, I'm incredibly split on really, really supporting the fact that Lifetime showed um, assisted suicide. Totally. And being like, like that being an honest-to-goodness method of ending your life when you want to end it, and I support assisted suicide 100%. I think it's a fucking joke that it's not legal. But then also it being like, but we made you feel like the pipe that you bought for Father's Day to your dad is what killed him. Well, they don't even address that, though. They're just like, we just wanted you to think it was an accident, and it's like, okay, but you know how that manifested. Yeah, that manifested with... Them saying, oh yeah, he was smoking a pipe and some chemicals spilled and it it caused an explosion. Which made her feel like for the past 40 years, she killed her fucking father. Yeah. So it was just like, what? What? And and so Kayla and I talked about this while we were watching it. It's, it is like, I can't imagine being a parent in that position and having to have that conversation. I'm not saying that that's like, I can understand that. But I also think that we coddle, not coddle, but like we don't allow children to experience the depths and intricacies and complexities of death. And that means that by the time we're adults, we haven't developed an understanding of it at all. And it becomes very hard to talk about it, to understand it. And much more traumatic when it occurs. Yeah. Because we've not dealt with that. And it's such... It, it happens to every yeah. single person. And it's very bizarre to me because, like, I just... I grew up in a family that, like, we tell kids everything. But we we choose to tell kids sanitized versions right. of it. So, so when someone passes away, we don't say, you know, a magical cloud... From a galaxy nebula comes down and floats this person to another planet. We're just like, you know, yeah, like, so-and-so passed away. They're no longer here with us. We love them a lot and we'll always remember them. And then we show them different ways. Like, I don't know, death in my family was just very open. And, like, honestly, traumatic things in my family was also very open. And so I really have to watch myself... um, like around some kids because yeah. I forget that how I was raised was different than how a lot of people choose, you know, choose to describe death and hard situations to their, to their kids. But I feel, I feel like, look, man, like the best way to teach a kid about death is by like getting them a pet, like get yourself a pet and be like, Hey, you know what? It got to take care of this cat. Otherwise this cat dies. Yeah. What's death? Let me tell you. Yeah. You know, like, I know that's, like, very, like, it's totally different from, like, a loss of a family member or a father or a partner. But, but like, entirely. you have to have those. You can't not have 
those conversations. Right. Because when they are eight and nine and have no idea or 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 any nuanced understanding of the subject and someone fucking dies let me tell you i've seen that in my friends like growing up who literally didn't fucking know that death was a thing right and then someone died and it was horrifying to watch them deal with that without having any context of it before right like and it was and it was unsettling for me as a child. I couldn't imagine as an adult, like, trying to, to help a kid through that. So, yeah, you know, like, definitely no judgment on, on how you choose to have um, those kind of tough combos. But I personally encourage to talk about tough shit, man. Talk about it. And it's talk like, it. it's just, I, it feels like, you know, they did the right thing for him. And that's such a, that could have been such a great learning experience and like such a beautiful way of honoring her father in knowing that like he chose this he did this the way he wanted like they were all in support of this decision that he made and that could have been such a beautiful like challenging but beautiful conversation of her like understanding rather than just being like i don't know it just happened i don't know it was just a weird explosion yeah like in the night on the ocean mermaids i just i guess i I don't see that that's more valuable than telling the truth like i don't i just can't understand it yeah you know and obviously this movie is not real life but this is how you then get people for 40 years wondering yeah what the fuck happened because what the fuck happened and the explanation they were given was bullshit and they knew it and they didn't know why right so, like, you know, <laughs> not to say we should use this movie as a guiding stick, but this is a great example of why, like, honesty, edited honesty for your, like, audience's age should be used, you right. know? Yeah, you tell a different story at 5, then you do it at 15, then you do it at 25, like, reveal information as it's appropriate. Like, yeah, you know, of course, but... Be fucking real. Like, well, and also, like, afford your child the opportunity to to grow. That, like, mm-hmm. they don't have to stay stay in this childhood state because this huge experience has happened and you don't want them to have to experience it yet. Like, it, it has happened. Yeah. Allow them to experience it and to be the person that they can be in that experience. Yeah. I, and, like, again, I, I can't understand what it would be like as a parent and I it's unfair of me to, like assume but from a child's perspective it just seems more valuable to allow them to experience it and like yeah grow through those emotions and see what they're like and like yeah i don't know that is just hard we need to be able to talk about it yeah as a child i'm very grateful that i was told that my grandfather passed away as opposed to one of my friends who found out three years later that his grandpa was dead and his family was hiding it from him because they didn't know how to tell him oh my god like literally like i went to elementary school with a kid who didn't know his grandpa was dead until like one day like it was right after christmas break he came back to school and was a fucking wreck and found out over christmas vacation that his grandpa had been dead for years. That's... And that everyone in his family was hiding it from him because they didn't want to tell him when he was quote unquote too young. Oh my and God. it's like, and I will never forget watching him like... Deal with it. Deal with it. Like, I, I'll never fucking forget that. You That's know? so awful. Like, yeah. It's just, you know, and yeah. How many, t- how many times have you like met a friend that's been like, 
my fucking family didn't tell me this until I was like 30. Right. You know, and you're like, why did they keep this shit from me? You know, like you will always have someone who is more resentful that they, that they weren't trusted with information. Exactly. You know, so yeah, sanitize it to that person's needs, but also like have some fucking grains of truth in that shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I think, yeah, I think there's always at least some element of truth that can be told, even if, like, you, some of it really is, like, outside of their understanding. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, if they were, like, involved with, like, drug lords or something, like, maybe you'd be <laughs> like, daddy got into some, like, bad shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> daddy likes to get high. Tell you about that stuff later. But no, it's just, like, it's just, like, that whole, like, bullshit religious conservatism of like how do I explain to my children about gay people I'm like you tell your son or daughter that that person found someone to love that isn't a man or woman depending on their gender period like period like done we're fucking over it like kids really respond well to new information and new ideas because kids are fucking sponges and kids have a far larger emotional capacity than some fucking adults oh so don't like i'm sorry but you don't get to be like oh yeah i'm just gonna hide my children from all these gays and violence and all this shit it's like no, then don't fucking have kids. You don't get to. Like, yeah. sorry, I take... I, They're a part I, of this world. I take your fucking rights away. Like, yeah. call me. I'll come, <laughs> I'll come fix that situation. Um. So that happens, and then essentially she's like, oh, okay, and then goes back to her husband, and he... She's like, I think you left something and gave him his wedding ring. And he's like, all right. And then makes her breakfast. And then that's the end of the movie. Done. It's so fucking awful. I fucking hated it. We're all done. I hated it. Yep. So, um, white lady gets her escapism fantasy fulfilled without any consequences. And, um, a bunch of people suffer because of her actions. And movie over. She gets what she wants. She gets what she wants. So how many fleece blankets would you give one. this piece of it shit? One. It is a one. I'm going to give it a 1.5. Because of my reaction. <laughs> Excuse me. 0.25 because of your reaction. But the other 0.25 is simply because Kim Basinger's hair <laughs> is fucking incredible from start to finish. So obviously we all know Kim Basinger's luscious blonde curly locks. But in this movie, they also crimp sections of her hair to make her look more Mermaid. mystical and mermaidy. And let me tell y'all, it looks fucking great. She looks great. She did her best in this movie. No fault to her. So there's my 1.5. Everything else about this movie, awesome. fucking garbage. Uh-huh. But at least we got our Naughty Monk movie. Yeah, we did. We did. But let's be real. He wasn't that naughty. He wasn't. It was really, it was really Jesse Kim. I missed, we forgot to say this. Also, before she goes back home, she goes to him and he's like, so I'm not going to take my vow. And she's like, cool. I have to go though. So. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm throwing my entire life away for you. And I'm going to leave the island. And she goes, I'm also leaving the island. And you know that it's not with uh-uh. him. And then they hug yeah. and it's over. But yeah, but that, that's that's legitimately it. That's the entire fucking so movie. Bad. It's horrible. Do not watch it. Very embarrassing. I'm really sorry to the right. Maybe it's a good book. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what's 
the author's name again? Oh, it's like Sue Monk. Yes! I know. Yes. It's so obviously beautiful. she was going to write a Monk movie because fuck you it. got him. All right. Um, so we've got another, another one that we're going to watch that we're very excited about. Yes. Uh, if you're at our two fleece blanket Patreon level, then you can watch along with us and we'll let you know when we're going to do that when we schedule it because live, our lives are wild with work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wet and wild with making our mortgage payments. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll watch another terrible movie and... And if you have any suggestions, please like, tell please. us. For the fucking love of God. Email us. <laughs> Email us. We are at... I want to wear your skin at... Yahoo.com. But also we're on Facebook and Instagram and you can mm-hmm. email us suggestions. We're responsive. We have phones. We do. We're with it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. We're up with the times. They're not even flip phones. They're not even fucking flip phones, yeah. y'all. Um, so, but yeah, so... I'm Jill. And I'm Kayla. And we are. I I wanna wanna wear your skin. Bye. Bye.